Welcome to the Cockney Guide to Enlightenment podcast with me, Stephen Rosen. This is a place where we have deep conversations and find out what really makes people tick. I've been through a very deep journey in my own life from being a a nine-year-old in the early 70s selling stolen shoes down at Brick Lane to uh, a 22-year-old standing in a hotel room surrounded by drugs and bags of money uh, with uh, war in Lebanese militia. I have seen some interesting times in life and I changed all of that round and became a very successful businessman in the city of London and found that there was something missing. So this podcast is about going deeper underneath the surface of what we might think that we need in life. There's a rich uh, quality of life that we all can tap into and sometimes we have to just dig a bit deeper. So my story was lost in the Babylon. It's actually on Amazon now. I hope you enjoy this podcast. If you do, please uh, share it with your friends. Please subscribe or just follow. And you can connect with me at Cockney Profit on social media. Let us know what you think of it and enjoy this episode. As you was telling me about about that that story and about your name and and, and the origins of your name. Yeah. I was just, I had a real strong impression of, uh, you know, I'm really glad that you're Tanner because, you know, I I had the person that I've known as Taz in the kind of back of my mind. But, you know, listening to that and listening to you now, the man who's sitting in front of me, you know, we've known each other a long time. Long time, yeah. You know, I'm going to honour honor you and I'm, I'll, I'll, you know, to the best of my ability, drop the name that I've been calling you <laughs> since I've known you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean... But, but really, to, uh, to honour your growth and honour your authenticity and your truth, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's so powerful, this stuff, really is. It's like... Yeah. Just saying, I'm I'm me, and I'm okay to be me, and exactly. please acknowledge yeah. that, everybody. Yeah, and, it, and and that's because of what I was saying is that you learn more about yourself. You start to relax and ease into it more, and the longer you stay clean, the more you uh, become teachable and open, and 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 that's really what I've done. And and because my head was busy, my my uh, my message then was, I just want to go and grab a life, and I was learning. I guess what I wasn't before I had to learn what I am. And and you was one of the people that gave me some really good advice. He said to me, no matter what you're doing, um, make sure you go to meetings, you know, and especially when I started to go away from the nightclubs and, um, you know, which I went to, by the way, because it was some way of keeping attached to entertainment. Yeah. You know, I know that now, you know, I was, uh, when, when it didn't happen and it was, uh, um, you know, I didn't say to you what had happened. So after all of that, we was in Warner Brothers Studios. It was crazy. About to sign a deal. All we had to do was sing one verse, one chorus, and the other guy in my band didn't turn up. He got signed by Def Soul Records. He released one song and they dropped him. And he left it at voicemail. I mean, we'd done Big Breakfast, Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, everything. The Jerry Kelly show in Northern Ireland. Um, we were partying with... Uh, we stayed in the Europa in Belfast and found that that was like the most bombed hotel in Europe after we left. I'm freaking out. And, uh, you know, we was... Um, Parting with, um, do you remember T-Rex, the band T-Rex? Yeah, of course. And uh, Mark, uh, Mark Boland. Yeah, his son was called Roland Boland. Roland Boland, that's right, yeah. So uh, well, I got to meet him and he was like, we, we up to man. I was like, I don't know, he's like, let's go and party, man. And we just went back 
had the guitar out and we you know it was just such a such a, a vibe and everyone was knackered from all the work we'd done and all the shows we'd done and I was just getting started so I knew that I didn't need drinking drugs really at that time and I managed to say no to a lot of it because I was just riding the high I was concentrating on just getting that that deal done and getting out there and just really taking it seriously so that was a massive rejection when that didn't happen and you know we'd had meetings before that um at dodgy record labels i won't say who because they are gangsters and i don't fancy having a visit because <laughs> i think they're I think they're still active um but you know the, the the guy was sitting there feet up on the on the desk smoking a massive big joint and uh you know it wasn't for us and he drove around in a bulletproof car and i was just like bruv this is i don't need to be in this and then we went to another uh, label um, who uh, were really good. They were part of Tina Turner's comeback and Heaven 17. And, uh, but they wanted us to sign the deal before we heard any of the music. They wouldn't let us write our own music. They didn't give us 100% to our merchandising name. So, you know, they're clever businessmen. They weren't charlatans. They weren't dodgy people. They were just businessmen. And, and we were very young and they wanted to ride the high off the whole pop stars thing and, and just to, to get us out there. But they wanted to release us when they came out with their first single, and I thought that's just never going to work. Mm. And um, anyway, the deal wasn't good enough, and 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 so we we walked away from that, and that was really hard. I was so desperate to get out there that I was uh, I didn't care if I earned nothing. So you know, um, and it didn't happen. But the rejection then, I withdrew in as a person, and then I started to use a lot more and drink a lot more, and 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 uh, I lost myself again. You know, I didn't know who I was and people thought they knew me. Like, Because now that it was out on TV, six months later, that, you know, that dust has settled and now you're still being recognised. And it was really hype. It was really great. The girl attention was brilliant. You know, I'm not going to lie. I was 19 years old. What do you want? Of course you want. Mm. Um, I was, you know, I was loving that. You know, I had some great fun and my mates enjoyed it and didn't have to queue up for clubs anymore and just go straight in the door. You know, welcome to us and you go. I mean, that was fun. And um, it was dark when... Now I'm getting ag when I'm at, when I'm out, and I wasn't always with my mates. You know, some of the guys were a bit hostile because they saw that and they didn't like it, whether they were jealous or whether they just didn't like me, whatever. They, you know, and I found that was quite tough. And I thought now I'm getting more paranoid and afraid to be out, and I need to go with my mates. And then I remember this one day we went to try and get to a club, and they weren't letting me in, and I had to queue like everybody else. Fucking talk about <laughs> talk about right size yourself, get you right back into back in line, boy. You know, this where you think you're going is is not there anymore, and it, it just felt like that shine was was going, and I was desperately trying to hold on to it, Steve. But what was I holding on to? It was that validation? See me, recognize me. Maybe I'll believe that I am something. I was really in myself, and um, I, I remember that clearly. And so, working in the nightclub was the way. I thought I'm out of the office because I even worked in the office because mm. it could be around people. What are you up to now? What are you doing now? All that kind of stuff, you know. So going in the office destroyed my soul. Um, I worked in sales and was that was hard time and drinking more. And, and, and I decided I'm going to go and work in the nightclub industry. And I loved it. You know, it was really, really great. Um, I love music. I love entertainment, being of service. I love hospitality. It was perfect. And, of course, it was a license to drink and use. And no one would stop you. No one would say, uh, I think you've had a bit too much, mate. Um, and I guess I was getting a bit of validation as well, you know, become a bit of a somebody. I, I wore it in that way. It's interesting, uh, isn't it? That, yeah. That, yeah, that you're, you're kind of, your, your trajectory in life was always looking for that, you know, from that young kid, you know. Basically. Fitting in. Yeah. 
and and there you are, you know, in your young life. And it, you know, this is just an observation because you know I was exactly the same, really, yeah. doing what I was doing. But it was always about, yeah, not knowing that there was something missing, not knowing that there was potentially a different way or potentially we had potential that we didn't know we had mm. that we couldn't find and access mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's really interesting listening to you sharing about your your kind of journey through life you know which is you know what people would want to see really they would want to hear you know the glamour the this or that you know the harder part is is what's running underneath that isn't it 100 percent. and there was a lot of that yeah. glamour stuff you know there's too many stories to even mention but um and there's some great experiences, but you know, at the end of the night, when you go home and they wake up the next day, um, it still wasn't where I needed to be. And I think I'm glad I didn't get out in that in the industry then, because I think I'd have been chewed up, spat out. I think I probably died. The amount of drugs you can get um, on tap in certain yeah. certain arenas, not everywhere, but certain arenas. Um, and you know, it was it was very odd. But uh, I think coming out of it was the best thing, really. Um, and uh, and I remember you saying to me, uh, <laughs> it was like six months I was in the nightclub industry. I was a promotion manager at Baker's Bar then. And then, and, uh, and then I got, I took over as a manager of a club called Zinc then. And I was six months, six fucking months. And you, well, no, that what you actually said was, do you think that's a, a good move for you? Like, is it, is it working out for you? Like, you know, that's your way of saying you need to get the hell out of there, mate. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And, and, um, I remember my first night at this club as a manager there. It was a, in the office. It was a little bit of a hatch, and there was a massive bag of cocaine. I remember that. I remember you sharing Fuck about it that. Now, Steve. Yeah. That was yeah. what was that? It was like yeah. someone tested me there, and all I remember sweating, my head was talking. I was thinking, no one will know. No one will know. I was like, you'll know. Flushed it straight down the toilet. Had a panic attack, and then was like, oh no, you shouldn't flush it down the toilet. This is no good for the. I started freaking out, and anyway, it got taken away from me, which was brilliant. And that was the best thing really ever. And uh, that was when I started working for Frank, talk to Frank. On, mm. I had to get out of Southend then, Steve. Now I'm at that point in recovery where I need to get out. I need to see other stuff. And that was the best. You know, I went around the whole country on this Route Master bus doing drug awareness for school kids. And um, I spoke to loads of youth workers, and they kick-started that wanting to know more and help and genuinely make this a, a career maybe. And... Uh, and then I. And then so was that the origins of your as as your your post now the you know as as a it therapist? Was the origins of the of yeah. that that type of work, not necessarily therapy, but just you know working with the youth and you know I was like twenty four then and they um, you know they bought they bought oh, we changed it. I mean look we had the home office asking me what would you suggest for the next tour. I mean uh, mind blowing. <laughs> you know I had no respect for police. I mean, I didn't really have much problems with the police. I guess I, I like the idea of being a street kid, but I'm not a street kid. You know, I have to you know, own it. I'm not a street kid. I mm. like. I was attracted to the street, but I wasn't a street kid, and I and I was too frightened to get in trouble with the, of the police because of fear of what the parents might say. But um, I never gave them really attitude. I've always played the game. My dad always told me to play the game. He was fucking always stopped. So he taught me how to play the game. Hello, sir. Yes, officer. This is my name. This is my ID. Other people might disagree with that, but if you want to get in and get out, that's what you got to fucking do. Uh, and if you're not doing anything wrong, what's the problem? You know, that's the kind of where I came from. So, mm. um, and then started working closely with the police and, and the home office, and, and, and it was incredible, really. And, and I sort of made it my own, you know, because it felt dumb just to 
not talk to these guys. These are, these are not kids. These are young people. And so we got rid of the teachers and we had a proper Q&A and, and a real heart to heart. And, and it was great. I loved every minute of it. And so uh, the youth worker suggested what I needed to do when the tour finished. So after three years, I went and uh, applied for Open Road, which is a community drug and alcohol service uh, in Basildon, in Vanger or Vange. And um, they took a punt. You know, I had no experience apart from lived experience. And, and I was like a rough diamond. You know, I had no boundaries. I was still very much the geezer from the nightclub, the, 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 the mentality, the, the, the performance banter, the didn't really understand the proper formalities that you had to, to, to approach and adapt to with, with working with people and vulnerable people. So I learned all of that. And, um, and I worked through criminal justice, the prisons, Crown Court, magistrates, working with the police, um, getting people off of going to prison, because I used to hate that. I just disagree with you know, petty drug crime, sending them to prison is just pointless. You know, it just doesn't rehabilitate anyone. Um, left there, uh, worked in Turning Point in London, because now I want to see how it works in London. Biggest homelessness community I worked there. Fascinating. I was like a sponge, Steve. Mm. I was learning all this stuff as a as a drug worker, as a as a support worker, as a as a case manager, as as a group facilitator. And, and what was going on underneath that is in your personal kind of development. What was Lots where of, was you at? Because yeah. I, I can remember. Yeah, being around, you know, we used to go to kind of meetings together and yep. with Mike, you know, and yeah, and, yeah. And, and that and that other stuff which I know you you kind of share about on on people's podcasts and you I've, I don't know if you specialize in that the uh I've seen you sharing about or specializing in the porn stuff. Yeah, yeah, that came you know, much later. Oh, oh, was that later, was it? That, that came later? much yeah. later because, you know, I was a proper addict. I was addicted to everything and, yeah, and yeah. anything. It was a crazy ride and I just want to kind of just get like the levels of you know absolutely because because we can get lost in anything can't we even good stuff yeah you know even like learning and that was a good point behind that was resentment there was still trying to work on the program we were still dealing with relationships and breaking up in relationships and not knowing who I am and what I'm about and not really fulfilled and I guess I was chasing the money wanted to get to management Mm. level to get better money and better prospects and then I'd hate all the managers that I was under for some of them who were just really shit, as my view. And, and someone just said, stop moaning and do something about it. And I was like, oh, that was a good point. So I started stepping up to management. And, and then I thought, actually, I really need a craft. Because you go out to tender every four years and you're at risk of losing your job, right? So I went and studied, went to night school, studied as a therapist, as a counselor and psychotherapist. And that's when the, a lot of change work really began. And that's when I also felt that I pulled a little bit away from... Um, the program that helped get me clean because I didn't realize that Carl Jung was a big part on shaping the 12 step program. I learned all that there. Um, and it was another support system to help get you well and not the system, but it was mm. all I knew. And it was, a, uh, it was, so, it was you who said to me, you've seen so many therapists and people that work in that field go back out because they stopped going to meetings. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And you, that's never left me. Because I thought, I ain't going to fucking be me. And I thought, I'll never forget that advice, Steve. And I still have never forgotten that advice. I remember it like you told me it yesterday. And, mm. um, and I continued. And I continued to keep, you know, to remember what helped helped me. There's many ways to skin a cat, you know. It's what works yeah, and I think that, that stuff is great. And, and it's, it changes lives. And yeah. it, it, I, I always view it as a foundation, though. Yeah. You know, because... Without that. Without it, yeah. I won't I mean, be open to then go and learn therapy and exactly, or but, other stuff because you don't know who you are. 
Yeah. This helped me shine a light uh, and to work on what I'm about. Because as you say, I had that energy and Mike, Mike always used to talk about my energy and um, he said, I'm never wrong. You know, he told my, uh, Lennox Lewis, you're going to be champion one day because he knew Lennox and he was Lennox was like, no, I don't, I don't know. And he was like, you will. And he is. And he always reminds me of that story. So mm. I said the same thing about you. I see big things for you. I see good things for you. And look at what you've achieved. Yeah, and, for sure. And uh, inside myself, not externally, inside, you know. And 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 and, 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 and that's, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of really why I'm so pleased that you're here because I've seen that journey, you know, mm. I've just, and that's really, I mean, you know, you've done a lot and you've achieved a lot, but the just, stuff yeah. that people don't see, that, no, you, that I, internal process of change and, Healing is so powerful, man. You know what I mean? It and really it's hard is. to remember and talk about everything, isn't it? But you, you, you say, but you've lived it, you've seen it in your own self, but also watching myself turning from a boy into a man, basically. Yeah, That's absolutely. Yeah. I'm 42 now. When you met me, I was 24 years old. Yeah. I'm 42 now, you know, and I'm married now and I have a, a daughter and, you know, bills and responsibilities. I remember when you went away and you met your, your, your I met my kind wife of then girlfriend. That's and right. Became your wife and That's you right. had your child. Yeah, it's and you know why I went out there? Because it was the people in the fellowship. I used to find, so I'll rewind to get back there. So it was, the work that I was doing was fine, but unfulfilled in my actual life and the relationship breakups and this, that, and the other. And I had to basically stop getting into relationships. And to I um, remember that. I remember you went abstinent from relationships. Yes, didn't right. You? No sex, no relationships. Yeah. Um, and that was a real space for healing for me. Um, I used to confuse love of sex, sex of love. Um, and, and did that come from that early experience of, of eight years old? Was that, I'm, I'm sure there must have been origins of that in there. Uh, well, actually, my therapist at the time did um, work out that some of my behavior was linked into feeling that abandoned eight-year-old self. Yeah. And I thought it was really powerful, um, you know, because I was addicted to... Well, the intention would be, this is the one. This this is the one. She's the one. She's the one. She's going to make everything okay. She's going to be brilliant. We'd have the sex and i go, she's not the one. She's not the one. How do I get out of this? This is awful. And I was thinking, I felt really bad. Because now I look like that guy, which is, oh, you just want me for sex. It's like, no. Mm. I genuinely thought, this is it. And I was just so impulsive. And, and my sponsor said it to me at the time. He said, um, maybe you should uh, stay out of relationships and you can figure out what is it you actually want because you're bringing everyone into your madness. And I thought, that's a really good idea. And that's what I did, really. And, um, and of course, prior to that, uh, sadly, I was... Uh, because I knew relationships weren't working out. And I, and I was trying to change the way that I feel. Um, you know, I, I, I visited sex workers a lot. And that became an addiction in itself. Mm. And I was like, I, was, I didn't want to go with uh, any sex workers that were on the street that might be using drugs because that felt morally wrong being in recovery right? this is how weird this felt so i would somehow look for what would be classed as high class escorts and things like that and it just you know i don't know if they were using or not but they looked great and you know it was you had no idea really don't know yeah. i mean but you obviously had a conscience in that even yeah. though you had a, a, a strong compulsion yes. that was driving you, you yeah there yeah was I a conscious felt, there as well yeah i felt that would be not right and and I was just chasing it like the first line of cocaine, Steve. You know, I remember the first lady that came round, this this beautiful escort. She was amazing. I thought, wow, this the whole everything about it, um, the naughtiness around it, the sort of 
a little bit seedy but sexy around it. It was just, it was chasing. It felt very much like the overriding obsessive thought to change the way that you feel. Yeah. And, uh, and that was while I was away on the Frank tour because I was lonely. That's really what was going on. The emotional was I was actually lonely in a hotel room all the time. And, um, and that become out of control, you know. <laughs> One particular night, it was, it was so much. I'd ring up my sponsor. I've done it again. I've done it again. He was just like, just go and crack one off. I said, I've done that already. I said, got to go. She said, there's no one at the door. And I was all nuts. And I do remember thinking, God, this needs to stop. You are out of control. You are so... Did it hurt, that stuff? Yeah, man. That was more painful than anything else. Because, of course, I was thinking, I'm feeding... Uh, I'm, feeling, I'm feeding an industry that is really wrong mm. in so many ways. If it's your choice and you really want to do that thing, that's up to you. Fine. But we know that there is a lot more to it than that. And we know that there are trafficked people. I'm not saying they were trafficked. I have no idea. But that exists. Yeah, for sure. People are coerced into this behavior. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not willing. Also, if you are doing it because you want to do it, what's your relationship with sex in the first place? Is there been a lot of sexual trauma there that's now led you to have an unhealthy sort of view on sex? Are you numb to it? There's a story. And I started to really feel that because I'm in recovery, right? So I'm battling all the time thinking, this isn't right just for my needs. And I don't know. I feel more sick. Is this more sick than using? Um, so that's why nothing came into play. Abstinence. And, and what took you to, to like the rock bottom of that? Debt. Um, I was in so much debt from that. And emotionally, I was numb. I had nothing left. I felt like an empty vessel. I, I couldn't even... So you're feeling like this, obviously, a few years clean by now. And yeah. And then I learned that this happens to a lot of people five yeah. to eight years. Because uh, it was the relationship stuff that was the next And that's level. what I was talking about, that using those those steps as as a foundation, but yeah. you got to keep using them. You've got to keep digging deeper. And that's you right. And I, hadn't, I, I, I didn't know that. And that's when I decided I need to sort this out. Um, and, I, and, I, and I stayed out of relationships, stayed away from sex. And then I went to Thailand because every year, New Year's was a trigger for me. I felt like I'm, everyone's having a better time than me. Um, and someone said, well, stop moaning and go, go and use the money you're saving up and go on holiday. I thought, fucking didn't think of that. It's a great idea. So, you know, I told Mike about I'm going to go here, there and everywhere. And my friend who I was going with, he ended up getting married. And I said, what do you mean? Who are you getting married to? He said, oh, this English girl. I was like, but I said, you've got a girlfriend in Thailand. He was like, no, no. I've changed my mind. I'm getting married to her now. So I said, well, I bought my ticket. <laughs> so I thought, this is all complete chaos. So I rung up Mike to share it with him. And then he rung me up 10 minutes later and said, I can see myself on the plane. I booked my ticket. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, leave it with me. And I can remember of, you two going out there. Yeah, and that was just brilliant, man. And and, uh, and some of the stories, because that yeah, was quite interesting. Yeah. You know, and I was, thank God I went with him, because I could have yeah. got lost in all of that. I'm sure, yeah. I've, I could have got I've, lost in all of that quite easily. Yeah. But he, he was... Uh, a real good solid rock to be with me. And we went to meetings and met some incredible people from around the world. And of course, um, you know, I, uh, I went uh, to one, I convinced him to go to one place. I said to him, look, I know you don't like going to these places. I said, but I found one. Now him and me both have said openly that we quite like work white girls in stockings, right? Something like that is very, very sexy. So 
I said, come on, I found a Russian, I found a Russian club. Let's just go once and we'll go to a meet and then we'll pretend it never happened. And he was like, oh, all right, fuck it. We walked in and uh, I nearly passed out. It was next level. It was completely, you know, these places sometimes can be really trashy. Um, but this was a next level classy. You know, Sade was playing and, you know, I love Sade. And, and my wife uh, now, she was on the stage, really classy and uh, come off and my heart stopped. And that's never happened before. And bearing in mind the night before, I was crying to him, saying, I'm ready to commit. I just, you know, I'm, ha I'm ready to be happy. And he said, it will come, it will come, brother, it will come. And so... Something really powerful about putting the energy out into the universe, man. A hundred percent. Really. And what a place. And uh, I just, you know, we really enjoyed our time. We were there for a very short time and we left. And um, the very next day, she was on the beach. I thought that is not... I said, Mike, she's on the beach. Like, it's her. He went, I don't know. I said, it's definitely her. Anyway, he got, he got bitten by a sea urchin. Starts screaming. <laughs> Can you imagine Mike? Yeah. Big Mike screaming. And I'm like, shh, keep it down. Like, stop it. Like, relax, relax. It's okay. We'll sort it out. And then she starts looking over. And I, and I, I said, like, continue, continue. It's working. And um, this old Thai lady starts whacking his foot and putting this aloe vera uh, strips on his uh, foot. And he's all freaking out. And... Anyway, we, we end up sort of, oh, my, that's my mate, got bitten, and she doesn't understand English. And Anyway, I went to see her a couple of times there, and then I convinced her to go sick one night, and uh, we we had a lovely day and night, and another night, and it was just, it was brilliant. And we decided to Skype every week when I got back to England, and, and some of my pals were really negative. They were like, you know, she's from Russia, she's probably talking to loads of different people, she's after your money, all this kind of stuff, so I started thinking maybe that is the case. You know, because look at where we've met. Maybe it's not really legit. But what I remembered is I have a program. And our program says that our illness does not define who we are. Our program doesn't tell tells us this. That the, whatever you do for a job does not define the person that you are. Mm. And that there is a real story. Everyone has a story. And when I found out her story, it was phenomenal. You know, and I went out there six months later. Do you know, I slept, I, with remember, a, yeah, I, remember. I slept with a knife under my pillow for three nights because I was convinced that the gangsters were going to come in, the mafia, and nick my kidneys. And it's um, <laughs> a fucking crazy mindset to have. And uh, it didn't happen. Nothing happened. And it was just lovely and beautiful. Six months later, she came to stay with me for three months. Six months later, I went and got married. I just knew then. Um, one of my questions to her was obviously, you know, why do you do what you do? It blew me away. It made me, it made me, she made me cry. So her dad sadly died when she was um, a, ba a baby. He was he was murdered. Um, it was Soviet Union time. And then they got their independence. And um, when it Soviet crush uh, sort of crumbled, and the Kazakhstan's wanted their own, you know, themselves. So everyone Russian moved out. So she went into Siberia. And then the, a lot of the mafia took over. And so she was a professional dancer, ballerina. Um, and the mafia bosses, they, you know, they invented these clubs and cabarets sort of died out and everyone to make money was basically table dancing. That was their first, you know, that was the start of it. And then she ended yeah. up in Switzerland for seven years and it was a way of providing for her family because she raised her sisters that called her mum because her mum was at work. And, you know, credit to her, the money she made, she managed to buy her flat, buy her mum a brand new purpose-built new gaff, um, Use some of the flat that she sold towards our deposit to get my first, uh, our first house, um, you know, and 
when I learned that about her and what she'd been through, she can write a book really, um, it blew me away. It just reminded me that the job does not define who you are. And she loved doing what she did. She loved it. She reclaimed who she was. Yeah. And we found each other at the right time. And she was quite fascinated with the fact that I didn't drink. And that was the pull, really. And she liked my energy. And, and we couldn't talk the language. So it just tells you. Language means fuck all. It's like, what, 5% of communication is, is language? There's so much more that goes on. So much more yeah. that goes on. Yeah. And we had this connection. And, and you know what? I'm 11 years married. I have an eight-year-old daughter. We have built a life together. We, I sold my flat with, the, with her money. We, we put, put together. We got our first house. When we had anaglypto on the wall, and she was trying to strip it off when she went into labour, you know. And we sold that first house, and we made money on it, and bought our second house in Colchester. Sounds, sounds beautiful, man. And you know, she homemaking. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And and now she's really, she's got right to remain in the UK. We've been for a whole new journey of that. Um, she works with uh, autistic children one to one as a SEN teaching assistant, and she's studying to be a therapist right now. She's got two more years to go, you know, and um, she's she's in a powerful, amazing woman. And you know, I am definitely where I am because of also her. She makes me want to do better. Yeah, I think I think it's just yeah, really encouraging, isn't it? That yeah, the change. And and we we can get kind of disillusioned with life, can't we? But Definitely. or we can seize life and and just kind of move into it. And I remember I always used to, and I've shared for years about people's potential, finding our potential. And quite often, you know, that's about moving all the stuff away that don't work anymore, mm. that that traps us. And then you yeah. know, just following that path wherever it opens up. Just went with it and listen yeah. to you, your advice and. Everything you guys used to say, I really still really listen to you a lot. And, um, you know, and I felt like this was possible for me. You know, when I'd see Marcus and his family and his house and what he'd achieved, when he'd come from a boat and, you know, that picture he'd look at with his boat and yeah, I'd hear yeah. you and all you talked about where you came from in London and what you've built up and the business and your family, you know, all that stuff and the struggles that you had. And, and I was like, he's still there. So, you know, I was like a sponge, Steve, listening. And so that really helped me go and grab a life, go and do things go and study and become a therapist. And that's exactly what I did. And, and I've loved it. And I have my own private practice and I've worked in this stuff and worked in private and, and, uh, and now in the NHS, I've been in the NHS total nearly four years uh, with mental health. And, um, you know, it's just, I don't know. I'm just going with it. You know, I don't know where I'm supposed to be next. I've done. I think that's the exciting you know, thing, isn't yeah, it? It's, it's man, just not having a destination yeah, and just yeah. think, Thinking, wow, look, you know, you look back over the journey and it all seems to work out. We make good choices, bad choices. We make conscious choices and unconscious choices. But, yeah. you know, it's uh, there's always another path that opens up. And The alternative might be better, is what my sponsor used to say to me. The alternative might be better. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like just about aligning, isn't it? About aligning to the flow of life, really. It is, Steve. And, and for me, I wear my recovery, my life like a loose garment, not a wetsuit. That's how I choose to live my life. There's mm. no point in being all constricted and fat. That's how it used to be and intense. Loose garment, be open, build rapport and network and do all these things. And as a result, I've met some incredible people and I'm doing some really brilliant things in the background at the moment and I'm loving it. Um, you know, and it was COVID lockdown that made me go into uh, sex addiction. And that's yeah. when I went to train in that through COVID. And... Um, performance coaching and unconscious work so you know it's just been a i'm still growing steve all the time mate and i'm loving it i'm loving where it's going 
uh, and there's some real exciting stuff coming up. So I'm really looking forward to sharing that with you when that comes. Yeah, up. I think yeah, no, it's, it sounds really exciting where you're going and and all this stuff that's going on in the background. I mean, the work you're doing is brilliant. Yeah, I'll tell you where that's come from though. What, what, what brought that on was um, it was my friend who died of a sudden heart attack, Jeremy. Um, coming in and out of my life for a little bit, and this particular time he returned back in my life um, periodically and he said your website shit your branding shit he said let me sort it out for you I'll sort it out for nothing you're stuck in the 90s <laughs> I was like okay <laughs> so he come up with it. he was so outspoken you know And uh, but I, I took it with love from him he wasn't being a dick he was just that's his way of saying let me help you mm. he just didn't say it that way and um, he come up with the logo and I still I, 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 I don't think I'll ever change it like the, I don't think I'll ever will because it honors his memory. Because um, you know he had a marketing company that should have cost me a lot of money. I didn't have it. Yeah. And you know he done me a good one and uh, helped me look at what content is and and look at Instagram and and other social media, media platforms. And I sort of really listened to him and it was really helpful and really supportive. And uh, he came back into my life and then he suddenly died of a heart attack. He was only thirty six. Wow. Uh, left a five year old behind and a lovely wife. Wow, man. Yeah. And um, I swear to God, something happened to me that day. It's sad that it takes that sometimes to get another bit of clarity of where you're going in your life, but it was really poignant. Well, it's, it's sad, but it's also, you know, just that opportunities arising and, and you see seeing them and seizing them for whatever they are, for wherever yeah. they come from. And I think from all adversity and all, you know, difficult situations, there's always at least the seeds of, yeah. of something in there, of an opportunity, even if it's just to... Yeah. To kind of recognise something and change and, and move forward or it's see the, something. It's the interpretation to the event as well, I guess. Yeah. And not the event that affects us, but the interpretation. And what I interpreted was, I'm still here. Let's let's start doing what he said. Let's listen to some of that stuff. So I went and learned some other skills. Um, and because of that, I met some other people and I met another person. A different, And I've just been on this wave of networking and connecting you know like appropriate like yeah, yeah. genuine stuff not you know f the false let's try and connect and get somewhere it wasn't like that it was just it resonated i um, think it's so needed in mm, the world mm. for the people who are out there on the consumer end of of all of this stuff to have genuine voices out there have yeah. people out there doing genuine stuff and you know it's not about who can jump the highest or who can, you know, be the loudest. I think it's really important. I agree. Uh, re really important just to, uh, to use these, these, uh, medias and, and I'm terrible, you know, I'm just starting to learn to use them, but um, you need them to get something like this out. You need them. Yeah. But, and, and what I find really difficult is I, uh, you know, I, all, all I want to do is put out authentic stuff. I don't want to put out a meme, about something, you know, just to get people to like it. I know, and that's part of the game, you know, and I understand it, the algorithms and all of that kind of stuff. But it doesn't have to be part of the game, and I think that's also really good. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be, and that's why, um, and I've learned that myself, I only post something if I've got something to say. And I openly say that on podcasts that I do, and they go, how can they find you, people? And I'll go, yep. Yeah. You know, but I don't post every day. I, and if I do, it might be stories because that removes after 24 hours. I only put something out if I think I've got something to share. Otherwise, I don't bother. You know, I'm not doing it there to make money out of it. I do it to raise awareness, use my platform for its purpose, 
to share for those who are interested in the subjects that I talk about or anything that might be of value and and I'm happy with that and it's I get enjoyment out of that you know it's, it's a real pleasure to, to it's be, enough it's enough and, that, and that's alright you know yeah. I don't want that fucking pressure I ain't got that time I'm a dad I've got to be a taxi driver <laughs> for my daughter you know uh, my wife and, my, my and you're job. Tanner you're not Taz running around right. years ago you know I'm a, yeah. I've become a responsible productive member of society and I don't have that time to be doing that um, and, and actually nor do I want to so I just do what focus on what I want rather than what I don't want and um, as a result because of what he'd said I, I you know it's put me into a, a different place and you know I've been working on I had this idea and I've kept quiet about the idea and I, I'm definitely not going to talk about it on here but because I'm just so excited about it I've shared it with you off yeah yeah, um, yeah. but it's never been done and I think you know we're on a winner here and uh, and I'm working with someone um, that I've met through this who's got a lot of similarities to the, my friend who died and that's what's brought us together really and I think that's all he's doing and I really appreciate mm. that so um, I, I, I'm a big manifesto I'm a big visualiser I'm a big believer in that I mean that's not even woo woo that's science that's your, neuro, yeah. that's your neural yeah. pathways in your brain the reticular activating system which is the filter in your brain focus on what you want rather than what you don't want you put it into your focus you change the way that the brain operates in those neural pathways um, you know that's science so I'm, I've learned so many things and, uh, and I'm really excited about where I'm going next and um, and just building really and, and learning and some things haven't worked Steve you know I try to do a few things I know? think that's the thing I mean not everything does work no, does it, it? I mean I've walked away from from yeah. stuff that and, and just and not felt like oh I've lost anything I felt I've gained something yeah in walking away and understanding that maybe that's not the right time or it doesn't fit you know it's uh and yeah. yeah, I mean, there's always always to be learned, and yeah, for Failure's sure, failure is part of it, right? Failure is part of it, and don't be afraid to fail. You're allowed to not succeed in certain things. It's okay. It's a learn. As long as you learn from it, and you know, and I've learned a lot, um, and I'm still learning now. Um, am, you asked me a question earlier. Am I where I want to be? Am I fulfilled? You didn't say fulfilled, but am I where I want to be? I'm getting there. Um, I will always want more. I'm aware of that. That's part of what's with me still. Mm. You know, there's always that financial insecurity. Is it enough? When is enough enough? Um, I wonder if I was a millionaire, would I? Would I? Would I be fulfilled? Don't know. Maybe I'd have different problems. I'll let you know when I get there. Well, I'm not there. I, so. I was at one point, <laughs> and yeah, uh, right, all right. And it didn't make a blind bit of difference, to right. be honest. I mean, I didn't feel any different. It was a nice little thing to look at and think, oh, wow, you know, I've achieved that, you know. I've yeah. Especially coming from where I come from, you know. And, uh, of course, of course. But it wasn't about that. For me, it was about building security on, you know, on belief systems that I didn't really understand, but kind of, mm. you know, was operating on and they was in, in, in a good way, really. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I guess what keeps me humble is that being a therapist, you're not going to become a millionaire. You know, it's not that type of, that's what keeps me grounded is that, you know, um, it isn't about that. I mean, you know, I went and grabbed the life and I'm not saying I haven't ever been chasing a pound note. I'd be a liar. And to a degree I am because I want to provide for my family. That's of course, the yeah, yeah. And I want my daughter to be able to say, oh, can I do that? Yes, you can, no problem. Uh, if that's what you want to like doing. So, you know, I work really hard and because of the work ethic my parents instilled, I have two jobs. You know, I work, 
in senior management within the NHS for mental health. And I have my own private practice in the evenings and weekends, but I also find time for that family time. You know, um, it's really important. Otherwise, what am I doing if I don't stick I back think, to Yeah, I think you've really, it, uh, it a really kind of important thing there about that balance, really, mm. and, and getting a balance in life. And it comes from within, doesn't it, really? Because, yeah. you know, the variables are changing, family, work, business, you know, whatever yeah. it is, demands on your time. And I and was that, missing my daughter time for a yeah. bit. And of course, my dad, he worked all the time when we was little. And although I don't feel like I missed out, I don't remember him work. This is what they tell us that he worked all the time. Um, but my memories are when he was present, he was present. He was there, so it almost like didn't matter that he wasn't there because it doesn't feel. I don't feel that. I feel like he was always present. Mm. So I needed to remember that I need to make sure I'm present for my daughter. And there were times, sometimes, you know, I'm learning. Like I wasn't, and I thought this isn't right. It's not sitting right in my heart. What am I, you know? running around and working my ass off for if I can't even enjoy it. So, you know, uh, every Tuesday and Thursday, I cancel clinic. I'm present now because she's now in the swimming team, bless her. So I'm doing that. And it's a pure pleasure and joy to be there. Um, you know, and, and I'm enjoying that. I feel there is a bit more of a balance. You know, try and work smarter, not harder. And, um, yeah, I'm just enjoying where it's going, Steve. Like I say, it's enabled me to unlock... My potential. You always used to say, "This is what you used to say." Um, you know, I can't even do you the way you do it. But you go, "I always got to work on my fullest potential." You know, am I am I really working and achieving at my fullest potential? If not, I've got to keep going. That's what you used to say, and and I, and I used to remember that all the time in the meetings. You say about my fullest potential. Are you reaching your fullest potential? And 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 that what that's about is about the. <laughs> Look, like you want to kill me from doing your. No, 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 no. It was a great. It was a great impression. <laughs> it yeah, wasn't really. yeah. You Need don't. You, you don't want to go into it commercially, though. That. No, I don't <laughs> want to go into it commercially. No, 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 not, no. not a co commercial no. impressions of me, anyway. But not really, anyway, yeah, yeah, I got it. But uh, I think what that's about, and that's that still is is so important today. But my perspective and my knowing knowledge of of potential has changed, you know. But I always felt that, you know, in. Back in the day, I, I, I kind of recognised very early on, uh, like what you've just shared about really, that, you know, it's not about how much you get or how much, you know, you can achieve and, and accumulate, you know, that that's part of your potential for sure. But, you know, if you're doing that at a great cost to something else and, and what I, I found when I was running a business and I had, a, you know, quite a big business, I had big well, fairly big property portfolio at the, at the time. You know, I was I was cracking on, and and I found uh, that part of that drive, part of that drive, was 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 actually a, 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 what we call in the fellowship defects. You know, mm. because although it kind of really drove me forward, I can remember being in this beautiful house that I had over in Chalkwell, and being in the garden, and and, and when my my youngest son was young. And uh, doing some gardening on a Saturday, so I'm not working. I'm, I'm doing gardening, and he's come up to me, and he wants to do something. But I'm so consumed with, you know, I've got to get this gardening done. I've got to achieve this garden. Okay, mate, come, come back and see me later. Mm. You know, and, 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 and just recognising that, you know, in that, you know, it's, it's, it's that, that drive to get things done and achieve things can be so powerful that you can lose at the same time. Mm. And, and, and that's, I think, where I started really 
understanding about what is our potential. It's not necessarily about how much we can do or how much we can get or, you know, how good we can be. It's about, you know, what's the value of our time? Yeah. What's the value of, of the love that we can give mm -hmm. and, and the presence that you, you just spoke about, you know, just I've, being present. Absolutely. And I've learned that no matter what uh, I'm doing or what we're doing, I don't have to do it alone. I've got to do it. I don't have to do it alone. Yeah. You know, so this drive, I can do anything I want to do now. I really feel like it doesn't matter. I, c I can do anything I want to do, what I put my mind to. It's, uh, it's unlocked. Like now you know there's a way out. I can't unlearn that. I, I can't unknow that. I, I really do believe my belief system, my core beliefs have changed. Yeah. I've really challenged those beliefs. And I can do whatever I want and, and uh, the, in the right way. And some of these things that I might do, I don't have to do it alone. There are people who can ask for help. You know, that's, I've seen it too many people out there and about. They don't have step two in their lives. They talk about step one a lot, but they never have the step two. That's the problem. Ask for help, man. Trust mm. that. Ask for help. And, and I'm not afraid to say I don't know. And I'm always looking for that guidance if I feel like I need it. I'm not too, too um, pig-headed or, you know, arrogant to, to suggest that I know it all I don't and um, I remember having a, this moment of clarity you know we talked about these spiritual awakenings and I'm always having these little moments of clarity and when you're talking there it just reminded me of like when I was in my first year of recovery I wanted to do new things <laughs> just have a go something was in my head say just have a go and it and that's where I'm at now in my life now it's very strong just have a go just have a go just feeling really into, just eat, just lean into it and have a go. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, you've had fun. Mm. And um, so I went skiing. I'd never been skiing before, you know. And um, I was on this the, this whole spiritual battle was going on. You know, I found myself a lot on my own a lot because everyone was a professional skier pretty much, and I was a novice. So they're all off on their runs, and I'm on the novice blues. They're <laughs> blues on the blacks, yeah. Yeah, they're on the blacks and reds, and mm. I'm on the greens and blues or whatever it is, and. Anyway, on the last day, they, they made it sound so glamorous. Like, we're going to go skiing on this uh, mountain. We're going to stop and have some lunch and, you know, a bit of ski and, you know, this. I was like, yeah, I can see my ass there. And I said, well, can, can I come? And they were like, well, we're going to be on the Reds. Do you, would you be all right? I said, yeah, yeah, I'll smash it. I'll be fine. So we go. And, we're, and I'm keeping up and I'm doing well. And the season is coming to an end and the snow starting to melt. And then I, we've eaten. And I've eaten too much. I'm like, smashed to pieces, ready for a kip. And the thought of skiing, I was like, fucking hell, like, I don't want to ski there. And we had to go on the last button lift. Anyway, I've gone on this last button lift, I'm all lethargic, and my ski's clipped a rock, and it's come off. So the man behind me is going, you're going to have to get off, you're going to have to get off. So I just let go of the button lift, and and he got off with me. And uh, I said, right, should we? He said, no, that's the last one, you, it's not going on anymore. Like, you've, we've missed it, we need to walk up the mountain. I said, you're joking. I said, look at the fucking hell, we just started. <laughs> I said, this is huge. I said, there's no way. Well, can't we just... And he was like, listen, I'm going to be level with you now. It's getting late. It's getting cold. If we don't go now, we will freeze and we will die. I, said, I was like, that's a bit much. He went, oh, I kid you not. This is serious now. You wanted to come on the red? This is where we're at. This is the life now. We need to go up that mountain. And um, I said, well, I want the helicopter to come and like, it will just come pick us up. And he was like, have you seen all these trees? I went, yeah. He went, no fucking helicopter coming in for us, mate. I was just like, okay. I thought, this is a bit like recovery. You know, the way I was constantly asking, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? 
you know, just being very intense or not getting it. So I start climbing up this uh, mountain and you have to kick with your front feet up the mountain. My feet were killing me. I was in an agony, physical pain. I was exhausted. Uh, I was having asthma attacks, panic attacks. I kept using my asthma inhaler. I was out of breath. And I got to this point. I was just started crying. I was like, I can't, I can't. I just was so knackered. And I said, you're very kind to have got off. And he was like, bruv, you can do this. Anyway, I could just hear fellowship in my head saying one step at a time Taz one step at a time just do it one step at a time and you're not alone we'll do it with you which he was doing but you still have to do the work that's how I interpreted it it was a very spiritual moment mm. and I kept saying a serenity prayer and I kept climbing this mountain like, it sounds a bit funny but it was scary because it's getting dark getting cold no way out they had a rescue team at the top of the mountain already waiting for us. Didn't even know that. As soon as we got to that top, I swear to God, it was like something had happened, you know, and um, the uh, the rescue team wanted to take me on this, uh, I don't know, the ski, ski bike, wherever they got, the skis, jet ski, yeah. whatever you call them. And um, we came down well until we got out of danger. And he said, well, now we're getting on to the flat run and down the mountain, you want to ski down? I was like, yes, I do. My adrenaline is rushing. I'm ready to fucking ski down. It was the best I skied. I was <laughs> flat out. I got the award for like the worst chaotic, but also <laughs> quite brave. I don't know, it was just like, yeah. it was madness, right? And I just thought brilliant that really harnessed an example of my battle with addiction, recovery, others asking for help thinking I know best, putting myself in situations. It summed up my whole life. I can't explain to you. It was like your life flashed before you. It was like kind of like a very pinnacle moment. One step at a time. One step at a time. And just have a go. Mm. And I skied all the way down. And that's the life I'm living now. Just have a go. And you know what? Sometimes I fall off the button lift, Steve. But guess what? I have to climb that mountain. And, there's, and there's normally someone there to help you as well. There's always someone that yeah. always reach out. And that's what my learning experience is in. You know, I left a really cushy job at the NHS in the adults. You know, it was secure. When I was like, cushy, but I mean, it was, it was, um, it's going to have been around you too long today. I'm talking about cushy, cushy yeah, job. Yeah, I've, I haven't used that word for no, about you haven't. I don't know 50 years, then. I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I had a, a good job. It was secure. Go and on, I yeah. left there to embark on a new venture. And, and as an ops director, and it was like amazing. It was in private, and, and that closed. You know, the damage was, was already done. It hadn't. The business hadn't worked, and I got mm. there to try and help it, and I got there too late, and and I lost that job. And I remember thinking, "Fuck!" Like I got turned on by the money, and I was like, "What am I going to do?" But because I visualise, and because I my mindset is different, I swear to God, the next day I was like, "Okay, I'm really excited for my next opportunity." And I just went out there and grafted and built my private practice up. And then after about four or five months, it started to dwindle a little bit because crisis was coming and people couldn't afford. And I thought, right, I can't live my life on a self-employed way f with a young family. It's just not for me. I just don't want to do that. And so I went and sought out uh, full-time employment again back in the NHS. And it's round the corner for me. And I can be around for my family more and it's all kind of worked out. Yeah, again, it's, you know? it's about adapting, isn't it? It's yeah, about yeah. changing. It's about yeah. adapting and, and aligning to the, the flow of where life's going. And, and it doesn't always man. flow in your direction and yeah. sometimes you have to flow in a different direction. Correct. You know, and it's, uh, and you, it's people like you who have taught me that. You know, that you've always said that. And 
And I promise you, it didn't stick with me that long, that fear. It was like, I was quite excited about where I'm going next. And I feel that now. You know, I just, I feel more at ease with what I'm about and what I can do. And I think being a dad has been a big part of that. You know, it's, this little human depends on me and I want her to feel proud of me. And I, and I, and I, and I want, well, I have got a really loving family and it's nothing no. pleases me more. It's, it's beautiful to see, mate. And, you know, I yeah. really, really, you know, I've just kind of observed you from a distance and, you know, we don't kind of connect much, but, you know, I well, just really, uh, and, yeah. yeah, just, you know, I've seen your life developing and, 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 you know, how you've raised your family and coming from where you come from and, and just, you know, having that hope that things are going to change and things are going to get better. Absolutely. And, and, and it's not just hope. Obviously, there's work there. And, yeah. and you've done a lot of work. Obviously, it's, it's, it's obvious to tell that you've done a lot of work and mm. a lot of growth, a lot of change. And, uh, and I think there's a lot more to come. There is a lot more to come. And my parents sure. don't worry about me anymore. No. You know, they openly said that. And that's a lovely thing, isn't it? When you, your mum and dad don't worry about you anymore and are asking my advice on things. Yeah. And yeah, it's been a real pleasure and some of those pals that I didn't see I had to let go that some of them come back in my life and some have asked them for help around other stuff it's just been a pleasure to be of service to be helpful like just to help others is is nice I enjoyed doing that but also have a a meaningful bit of work, the work for that sure I do yeah is meaningful yeah. and um insightful and I get to also tap into this other bit of creativity that I have um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm not a fan of this crisis that's going on in the world. And I think the world has gone bloody mad. Um, but I try, I don't want to ignore it, but I try and not get lost in it and try and focus on what's in front of me and my immediate community. But I, I like think, the man I'm I think change is, you know, from our own experience, change comes from what we can do now. Yeah. And, 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 you know, when we change ourselves, then that ripples out into our environment Definitely. into our family, into the influences we have. And I think, you know... I mean, I've become the governor of my daughter's school. I mean, I would never have thought... <laughs> I mean, it sounds so wanky to say it, but that's the truth, yeah. right? It's because I'm invested. I care what happens, what they teach you there. I, I care about the community and I want to be a part of that. And I very kindly got voted in and there we are. So um, I'm, just, I'm just enjoying... It's, it, it's a bit baffling. I'll tell you what it's like. It's like going in a hot air balloon... And you're going higher and higher and higher and higher. And you get to that point, you go, fucking hell, it's actually quite high up. That's how I feel in my life at the moment. I'm thinking, wow, I'm actually, this is all new territory. Everything, every day is new territory. You know, I've never done it before. Yeah. You know, I used to hear people say, oh, I had this house, had this car, had this marriage, lost it. Then I got another house, got another wife and lost it. And I think you used to think wanker. I've never had any of that. You know, I used to really resent that. <laughs> you know, these kind of I people. think, I mean, I've, I've kind of, you know, been through a lot of changes in life and, and I'm really, really okay with myself now and, mm. and understanding more and more about this journey I'm having through life as, as an chilled. experience, you know yeah, what I mean? you look chilled though, I have to say. I have seen you periodically over a number of yeah. years and you have never looked more relaxed than I've ever seen you. I think, uh, yeah, I think the more stuff I move out of the way and, and that's not in a negative way, it's like an internal... Yeah, you know, uh, you look at peak. You look like you're at peace. Yeah, I feel I feel pretty 
where I'm meant to be and yeah. and and I've got a deep understanding that you know this journey through life is is about mm. it's about discovery for me and it's it's not necessarily about achieving it's about being it's about you know just being authentic being who I'm meant to be and yeah and and the whole journey and what I love about your journey as well is that you know we've had to kind of let go of who we thought we needed to be yeah. in order to be who we really are absolutely and 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 the version of who we really are was far superior to the version we yeah, created yeah, yeah. And, and that's why i'm so comfortable because you know i'm mm. still doing that today and mm. we're sitting here you know that's part of the process of of just yeah allowing allowing ourselves to be who we are it's good isn't it yeah it's beautiful man it's, really it's beautiful good. taz let me uh and you call me Taz, that's not my name. Sorry. sorry. But I did <laughs> say I was going to... Uh, no, no, that's correct, that's correct. But I did say I was going to try. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously... Well, you didn't try fucking hard enough, did you? No, we, was, we only started half an hour ago, yeah, didn't we? Enough. So I'm going to slip right. up here and there. But right. Right. Uh, but right. I, I won't point it out, I let it slip, but you actually called yourself that as well, so... Well... So, anyway, but... I have to look at my part there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Very you good. take your part. <laughs> <laughs> Tana, it's been absolutely amazing speaking to you. Where can people follow you on, on your social media? I know yeah, yeah. I'll link you into everything I do, no but worries. put it out there anyway. Tanner Therapy is my Instagram handle. That's T-A-N-E-R Therapy, Tanner Therapy. Um, yeah, you can find me on, on Instagram and links to my website and you know, my content. If, uh, if it resonates or is anything you need some support on, just reach out. But otherwise, just tune in just to listen to me talk shit every now and again. And, and you know, it's... Uh what Tanner does is is genuine stuff and you know you've listened to this and he's had a lot of his own journeys his, his own experiences and and I think you know it's not like reading stuff out of book when you're working with this stuff it's like this is real stuff this is our own experience and then we've also gained professional qualifications and, and I haven't but you have and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love um, that I'm just, I'm just, right. I'm just a lone wolf, mate. You Thank know you, what I mean? Steve. I'm a lone wolf, but uh, <laughs> I know you have. I know you've worked hard, and uh, yeah, and thanks. and I know what you're putting out there is for the right reasons. And uh, thanks, yeah, mate. it's nice to uh, nice to have this conversation. Absolutely, I'm really glad to come and today. Thanks yeah, so much. brilliant, brilliant. So let's uh, let's leave it there, mate. Until the next time, and right. it's been and it's let's, been amazing. It has been amazing. Let's go and eat. Okay, lovely. Cheers, mate. Bye, Lots mate. of love. Thank you for listening to the Copy Guide to Enlightenment with me, Stephen Rosen. Thanks for your time and please don't forget to share this episode with friends. Uh, press the follow button and you can connect with me at Copy Profit on social media. It's been great to have your company. Take care and I look forward to you joining us for the next enlightening conversation. Cheers.